session with Dr. Farid Hulakwi. Good evening and welcome to In Session with Dr. Fadi Tulakwi. I'm your host, Dr. Fadi Tulakwi, and I'll be with you for the next hour here on Radio Hamra. Studio number to call in, 310-441-0555. But if you do call in, I ask that all questions be directed towards my guest tonight, who is Shima Fazili Manesh. Fazili Manesh. I practiced that twice before the show and I still got it wrong. She's a dietitian and she's here tonight to talk about the relationship between diet and mental health. So let me introduce you to her before I bring her on the air. Shima recently got her master's in nutrition and dietetics, and she is certified fitness trainer. Her experience includes extensive work with exercise and weight management, working with patients of all ages, some who have diabetes, renal disease, trauma, and even cancer. If you would be interested in an appointment with her, you can call her at 214-771-2927 or at shima.fazalimanish at gmail.com for more information. Please welcome to the show. Shima, thank you for joining me tonight. Hi, thank you for having me. And, you know, we talked a bit um, earlier last week about this important relationship between diet and mental health, and it's one that is often overlooked and even for myself amongst mental health practitioners i think they don't tend to and i can speak even for myself recognize the significance of diet and even being aware of diet as a potential part of treatment for mental health issues and that that's why i thought it was so great to have you on and, and for you to share your expertise in that area so thank you for joining me tonight yeah thank you um so from yourself what would you say the connection you see between diet and mental health. We'll start more general. We're going to get into some specifics about depression, stress, anxiety. But how would you talk about that connection or where do you see that? So it's um, really interesting because there's a lot of research right now going on. They People say um, there is a link between the depression and obesity or overweight. Mm-hmm. So depression causes obesity and obesity causes depression. But still, it's ongoing, and they say, oh, we don't know why that happens. But the problem is when the depression um, it, depression slow, slows down your metabolism. And people, when they're depressed, they go through all this anxiety and stress, and they, they feel that they want to eat something like very sugary or like fatty foods. They, it will help them to mm-hmm. increase that depression. Like, I, sorry, to increase that feeling that, okay, I'm going to feel better if I have like sugary foods, but that's like a really short-term solve thing that they can mm-hmm, solve. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel that to help, they can just like, it's easier to go like, go hang out with your friends or go exercise instead of eating something like sugary right. or going like binge eating, that's not going to help you. Right. So the, the, you mentioned kind of like depression and obesity are kind of like, it's like a chicken or the egg phenomenon. They yes. both can make each other stronger, let's just say. It's not always clear which one's going to be first. Um, And unfortunately, a lot of the things that people crave or want to do when they're depressed are not good for their weight, like craving sugary or fatty foods, um, wanting to binge, also not wanting to be active. They feel more withdrawn, Mm -hmm. more likely to 
to lounge around and not be very active. And unfortunately, that, of course, leads to more obesity. And then when they get gain weight, they feel worse about that. And that can contribute to the depression as well. So it can be a very difficult cycle. And later on, you're going to talk about some ways that people can maybe combat that. But I also wanted to mention, you know, this connection between diet and mental health. Um, I was reading some research on it. And uh, this was from the International Society for Nutritional Psychiatry Research. And they were saying that it appears that diet is as important to mental health Mm -hmm. as it is to physical health. And I think that's a really important point for us to keep in mind because I think uh, you and I talked about this before we came on the air, but this idea that we separate things like there's psychology and then there's medicine and then Mm -hmm. there's diet and then there's this and that. And we try to separate them, but really more and more we're seeing that they're all really part of one thing, which is overall well-being or wellness or health. And we can't really fully just separate them into these compartments and we have to view them as one global thing and incorporate all of them. And I think that's that's, that's really exactly important to keep in mind. Yeah. Okay. So tell us a bit about, you talked about depression and mm-hmm. there's something we talk about emotional eating. What is that related to this craving for the sugary foods it and is, the fat foods? Yeah. Yes. It is really related because um, that it's part of that is cortisol. Cortisol is like a very important hormone that, mm-hmm. um, when you're stressed or you have anxiety, um, this cortisol goes up and then it tells your, like your brain is going to start sending all those um, links that, okay, you need sugar or you need like, you need to eat, you need to mm-hmm. eat. And then you actually don't need to eat. And because um, you're stressed, you're going to start eating and eating and eating and then you gain weight. Mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, what happened? I'm not eating. There are a lot of people, a lot of patients and clients, they come to me, they say, um, I don't know what's going on. I'm on a diet, but I cannot lose weight. I actually gained weight. And then when I start talking to them and tell them, okay, what did you eat and what's going on? They say, oh, I always weigh myself or I go on a scale every day. Um, when I see like, of course, if I go on a scale every day and if I see I'm gaining weight every day, I'm going to stress. Mm-hmm. So I feel that, okay, this is not helping. And then that stress is causes weight gain. Mm-hmm. And people, unfortunately, they don't know that. And it's really tricky. I know I un- I really understand, but it's really tricky. Sure, yeah. They're, they're all very complicated things. And, and the thing with diet also and nutrition in general is I feel like people often feel like they hear conflicting things. And so we might mm-hmm. talk a little bit about th- that where they say, you know, oh, 30 years ago they said, eat the egg yolk. Then they said, don't eat the egg yolk. And now they say again, eat the, you know, and or don't have salt or have salt or have this and have that. So there's also a lot of misinformation yeah. that people have. And then, of course, people always have all their um, own things passed down from generation to generation of things yeah. they should eat and shouldn't eat or ways that they can lose weight that really might not have any science backing them. So that's why I think it's good for us to talk about what some of the research uh, is showing us. But you talked about something very important, the, the idea of cortisol. And I know cortisol, we sometimes call it the stress hormone, and it has this reputation of almost being this like the bad thing, cortisol. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not just a bad thing, right? There's a reason why we yes. have it, right? Yeah, exactly. So you have the cortisol hormone. It's mm-hmm. a stress hormone, actually. And then it's like, um, they call it the fight and flight mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A hormone. And then, um, but it can, like understanding the effect on the body is... It will help you to balance your problems. And then 
um, during the stressing and understanding how that it affects your body and then um, to achieve a good health. Um, and also it can control you it can help you to control your blood sugar levels, regulate your metabolism, help to reduce inflammation, and then also assist you with the memory loss and memory memory f- formulation. So it's not a bad hormone. It's a good hormone, but you have to take care of it. Right. So like lots of things, it's good in moderation and actually exactly. serves a very, very important function or lots of functions, as you were just saying. Um, from regulating blood sugar and things like that and metabolism, which are very, very important. But at the same time, it becomes an issue when we have too much of it. Mm -hmm. So when does it become a problem and what is that problem? So that's the one that I talked about Mm -hmm. before. It's the stress and anxiety. So when you're stressing, that cortisol level goes up. Mm -hmm. You're anxious, you have anxiety, you are stressing, and that cortisol level goes very up and high. And then your body needs a lot of carbohydrate, needs fat, you need protein more and sometimes you really don't need that mm-hmm. actually but so it sends the message that you need exactly. these things when your body in fact doesn't need yeah them. yeah right. okay so that's where it becomes an issue so mm-hmm. when it's when you have a good amount of it in your system it's good but when it's prolonged and for and too much of it in the system it sends these messages to the body that it needs things that it doesn't need and then that leads to the storing of fat, fat. and things like that yes. so that's where it becomes a problem so that's why Cortisol has this bad reputation as when we have too much of it, but in general, it's something we definitely need to have um, in our body. And also, it can just um, it can causes a lot of chronic diseases, mm-hmm. diabetes. Um, it's like a really like a big one in the um, cortisol level that mm-hmm. it can cause a diabetes because brings your sugar level up and then the patient also and also client or anyone mm-hmm. can have that pre-diabetes problem. Yeah. And so you mentioned before also about the emotional eating, which I think can be related to cortisol, but not mm-hmm. just that. And I think that's something that most people have probably experienced. You don't have to have depression to yeah. emotionally eat. Probably everyone has done it at some time. There is a comfort that you can get from having sweet and fatty foods that people reach for when they're upset or down and you know even in movies they joke about it all the time Mm -hmm. you see the person who goes through a breakup and then has a tub of ice cream or eating all the chocolates and we can laugh at it because we can relate to it because that's a natural in a way a natural reaction we have um but what do you suggest people do when they have that response so when they have that feeling that to emotionally eat or if they're feeling that way and they want to get something sweet or fatty. What do you recommend to clients or people that they can do instead of? So I reaching? always, I'll always say that you're eating your emotions. Right. So that's what they called. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you're really craving something and you feel that you really want to eat, like the first thing that I always say, I would say, okay, maybe you're not really um, hungry. Mm-hmm. Just go drink water. Or and wait, wait for ten minutes. See what happens. If you're really hungry still, then go reach for something healthy instead of going like having sugar. And another thing is, yes, we all are human beings, mm-hmm. and we all need something sweet, fatty. Even I do sometimes when I just want something, I go for it. But some, the other thing is, it's very tricky because if you really want pizza, just have that pizza right away go have it two pieces of pizza instead of just waiting for a week and two weeks and go have the whole like eight pieces of pizza in mm-hmm. one day. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's the solution. Sometimes you can go 
just walk outside, call your friend, tell them that you're not feeling well, go eat with them sometimes. You can even share a meal or you can just make a really nice like sweet smoothie for yourself instead of eating like sweets, like candies or um, something like cookies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know because we always love cookies. Sure. <laughs> well, and even if you have those things, like you said, in moderation maybe mm-hmm. is okay. But it was interesting what you were saying because it's similar to what therapists all often do with their clients is we're looking for healthy coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. And a healthy, co- you know, we all try to deal with stress or when we're upset or down in different ways. And some of them are healthier than others. Sometimes we can do things like gamble or eat bad food or use drugs and alcohol mm-hmm. um, or have, you know, promiscuous. We have sex with people we shouldn't be having sex with. At times we shouldn't have, yeah. have sex or use different things as a drug to take away that negative feeling. And those come with negative consequences. And that's why we call them unhealthy coping mechanisms because yeah. there aren't going to be good for you in the long term. You have consequences. But then there's healthy ones like exercising or even what you said, calling a friend. So if you're really down and you want to reach for food or do something else that can be bad for you, calling a friend could be a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe going for a walk with them or going for a walk alone or doing something of that nature. Or dance. So, or dance, right. So I think, again, this shows that overlap that exists between the different fields where it seems like a lot of what you do with your clients mm-hmm. parallels therapy where it's a, you're trying to help them find healthier choices. You're not saying don't ever get sad or don't ever feel this way or don't have these cravings. It's understandable, but it's how you act on them that's yeah. going to make or break your exactly. physical health, your mental health, everything mm-hmm. combined. So you're trying to help them find those best choices. And I think when you talk to me about your approach to dieting, which is maybe something we can talk about in the next break, it follows that same thing where did you just said of not fully depriving yourself of anything. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about not looking for a quick fix, mm-hmm. but realizing that any kind of good progress takes time, which is the same thing we tell our clients in therapy. If you have a relationship issue, it's not going to go away overnight. Just like if you have a weight issue or a fitness issue, it's not going to go away overnight. So we're going to talk a bit about that uh, after the break. And if you have questions for Shima, you can call 310 441 0555. I'm joined by dietitian Shiva Fazali Manish. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Dalakwi. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Again, joining me is dietitian Shima Fazali Manish, and we're talking about the relationship between diet and mental health. And specifically now we wanted to get into dieting, which um, I'm sure a lot of people listening or pretty much everyone listening has probably dealt with it in one way or another, uh, me included. So people always want to know, or actually probably that's where we can start. People always want to know what's the new fastest way to lose weight or, you know, we have a dietitian on the show. She must know the trick that if I eat these three foods, you're going to lose 20 pounds in two months. Or if I cut out just this one food, I'm going to lose this much. You know, people are... I feel like constantly looking for that new fad diet. Do you get that a lot in your practice? I get it a lot. I get it at my practice. I get it when I go to all these parties (laughs) Uh (laughs) everywhere uh I go. The minute they know that I'm a dietitian or I know like I'm a nutrition expert, Mm -hmm. they ask me questions. And unfortunately, no, there is nothing like that, that you cannot lose weight tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Like tonight, just cut this and you're going to lose weight tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Um, It's unfortunately, unfortunately. 
And it's not that hard to go through diet because people sometimes think, okay, there's a lot of fat diets out there mm -hmm. um, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, all these like social media tells people, okay, if you cut this, um, you're going to lose like five pounds in, in a week. Mm -hmm. um, yes, maybe you can lose weight in five in five pounds in a week, but is it going to help you in the long term? Or are you going to gain 10 pounds instead next mm -hmm. week? Mm -hmm. So um, I always say in long term, it's better to go on a moderation, eat, but choose really healthy and wise and smart mm -hmm. and then you're gonna lose weight i promise yeah so that helps and i've seen a lot of those and it helps and it, it really they people people mm -hmm. lose weight and i can imagine you saying that that hey i'm gonna help you lose weight slowly mm -hmm. but truly and something you can keep off it actually will turn probably a lot of people away because exactly. there's some other dietitian or fitness person telling them i can help you lose a crazy amount of weight in a short amount of time like i want that um, but I think what you're doing is more backed by the science, but also mm -hmm. more true to you. And you know, it's going to lead to more long-term results because I know, yeah, even as a therapist, people are coming in for their relationships or for themselves and they're looking for a quick fix, mm -hmm. right? Tell me five things and then I'm going to not be depressed anymore. Or me and my husband have had problems for 20 years, but we want to come see you once and you're going to fix the mm -hmm. problems. And it's like nothing long-term, long-lasting works that way. And I think the same is, is true yeah. From diet. And people are just unfortunately always looking for a quick fix, which we understand, but I think it's unfortunately how people feel. Even with learning, we just want to somehow learn it faster. So maybe yeah. if I put the book on my head while I sleep, the information somehow <laughs> gets into my brain. Or people tell me, I, you know, I, I've been reading a lot this year, the most I've ever read. And they think, oh, you must have a trick now. And I don't. I have to just read every word on every page. It's the only yeah. way I finish the book. There's no way around it but reading every single word. And it takes time. So, I think that approach you have might turn some people away, but maybe for the right reasons. You want people that recognize that it's going to take time, but it's going to be a lasting change rather than something they can, yeah, crash 10 pounds but then gain back 15. Mm -hmm. As you mentioned, is not you know healthy. Is there a general range, and maybe there isn't like a, a set number, of what's a okay amount to lose per week that people? Yes, there is. Okay. So um, that what we do is most of the time we say five hundred, cut five hundred calories every day from uh -huh. your diet. So it helps you to lose one pounds per week, mm -hmm. which is a healthy weight loss. And then you're not going to gain back that because you're going to learn how to lose weight, mm -hmm. how to cut that 500, which is not a big problem. And then you're going to lose weight mm -hmm. truly and surely. Yeah. So it's easier than just going through this fat diet, which is going to help you to lose weight like in like 10 pounds in, a, in one week by not eating anything or just going on a liquid diet and then gaining everything back maybe or more, mm -hmm. and then come back and say, oh, I gained weight, so what happened? Why? Right. It actually reminds me of, you know, just hearing you say that because someone might say, well, the, the diet worked. I lost 10 mm -hmm. pounds in a week, but then they gain it back. If I can make a parallel, it reminds <laughs> me of parenting. Sometimes people say, okay, I want to get my kid to study. And you could tell a kid, hey, if you don't study this week for this test on Monday, we're going to take away everything you have. You're not going to get to see your friends for three months. You're going to do all these bad things. And you know what? The kid might study so hard that we can get an A. And they say, look, it worked. But then if you look at the bigger picture, 
first of all, the kid now is like scared of you and is only studying because they're scared you're going to take everything away. They haven't learned the goodness of learning. They mm-hmm. feel bad about you. All these negative consequences come back. And yeah, probably the kid next week isn't studying or, you know, a month later is not studying. So they pay that price. So a lot of times people look at things that quote unquote work in the short term, but have a lot of negative consequences yeah. and don't lead to long-term progress. And I think, you know, for me, that parallel is kind of interesting where they're, yeah, we're just looking for a quick fix, but they don't realize that in the long term, they might lose the 10, they gain it back. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And I think that's something that I your approach seems to be is to help people make sustainable changes that mm-hmm. make them healthier in the long run and can lead to them reaching their fitness goals, but in a more, uh, you know, sustained, slower way. And also easier. Easier, okay. Because I feel it's easier because when you cut something from your diet, you're mm-hmm. going to get anxious and stressed about that because it was your something that you really liked it to have in your diet. Mm-hmm. And then, so how I plan a diet, sometimes I ask people, so what is, what is one thing that you feel that you cannot take away from your diet? Mm. Sometimes they say, oh, it's a cookies that I have to have it all the time, or it's a chocolate. So I would give them like a, like a healthy kind of cookies instead, like a recipes mm-hmm. that maybe it's better to, just try this cookie and tell me like how you feel. Did that like, did, did it help? Or like, if it's like a chocolate, go for like a dark chocolate instead, mm-hmm. like two pieces of dark chocolate, it's gonna help you. Or go for like really like healthy smoothies, like fruits, vegetables, whatever you like, you can just add that to your diet instead of cutting down everything from your diet and just like stressing about that. Oh, I cannot eat this. Yeah. Then that stress is going to like make you to gain weight, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Yeah. I, I think something you mentioned to me is that the constant dieting can even lead to cortisol levels rising. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like there's a lot of strict diets out there. They say, okay, it's like a five or 1500 calories um, per day Mm -hmm. diet and then you're going to lose this much weight and then they say perfect okay I'm going to this wedding next week and then I'm going to lose weight I have that question I get that question a lot Mm -hmm. oh I have this wedding coming up in 10 days how can I lose weight Mm -hmm. and what should I do like what should I eat and then I say oh well maybe you should think about like in the long term that's not going to help you. Maybe it's better to still like start cutting down your calories instead. Or sometimes I get this question. There's a, I have a lot of like clients that they're Persians Mm -hmm. and then they say, Oh, my mom makes this Persian food all the time. What should I do? I cannot cook because I'm working like every single day. So I never say, Oh, don't have Persian food. Like, Oh, I like my mom makes warm sabzi every t- every day. Like every week we have warm sabzi and I cannot have it. I'm like, well, I've, of course you can have it. Or just if you cannot have rice, have the warm sabzi with the full uh, amount of salad on, on the side. Mm-hmm. Or you can have like four to five tablespoons of rice instead of have cutting everything from your diet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Yeah, and then also, uh, you know, I know when the cortisol levels rise, that actually makes you want to eat worse. Yes. Right? So that leads to those reactions that people have yes. when they're sugary diet. and fatty. Yeah, they eat yeah. those bad foods that break it. I know they've done so much research showing that when people are on strict diets when they mm-hmm. break their diet, they go way off the deep end. Yeah. Um, and like they don't it's really interesting the research they do. They don't make people know it's about that, but mm-hmm. they tell them it's a diet it's like a they're doing the taste of like these candies or something else but they also have them fill out questionnaires and they see that those that were dieting ate way more than the ones that were not 
mm-hmm. dieting because once they broke it, they kind of went all the way. So your idea is that you don't have to never eat something. If you like something, you can still have it in moderation, but also in balance with other things. Or substitute some stuff like uh-huh. instead, like instead of having sometimes, for example, is there's, is, if it's a dressing, it's a mayo dressing, use yogurt dressing mm-hmm. instead of having mayo. Mm-hmm. So you can substitute a lot of foods, like especially if you're living here, and then there's a lot of options that you can choose, but you have to choose very smart. Mm-hmm. You have to know what you're getting and then that nutrition labels are very tricky to read them and know what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's one part of thing that I always do with my clients that I teach them how to read all those labels because the problem is there's a lot of hidden sugar, hidden sodium on that product and sometimes it says zero calories mm-hmm. and then you turn it, it's 18 to 20 grams of sugar. So it's, and then I tell them, okay, so it's zero calories but it has a lot of sugar. So it's not something that you have to like know how what's yeah. going on. Right. Yeah. That's. I'm. There's a lot of. I'm sure ways you can teach them to be more um, informed about the decisions yeah. they're making. That that is very very important. How about this? Tell us if someone comes to you and says, "Okay, I want to lose twenty pounds," and not necessarily for the wedding next mm-hmm. week, but just <laughs> twenty pounds. What do you do with clients? Like, what's your approach in working with someone to help them? get on the plan or, or whatever it is that you do with them so what i do first of all um we go through like every i try to get a lot of information because as a dietitian we have to go through everything like all the diet history all the lab results mm-hmm. if they have any problems i ask them like if they have like family history of diabetes or whatever they have so they tell me what's going on and then sometimes most of most of the times they have stress anxiety in their life is going on mm-hmm. or depression they're taking sometimes they're taking like a, all these like um, medications for depression that is also like causes the weight gain. Um, so beside that, we go through and talk about like what kind of diet they want to start. Like I ask them what they want to do first. Mm-hmm. So I always tell them I'm going to go very slow. The first 10 day, I go very slow with them. So I try not to make them to feel stressed more mm-hmm. about dieting. Mm-hmm. And then we do like breakfast, which is like a very important in a diet. And then we do snack and then we do lunch and we do, we do um, lunch and then snack and then dinner. Mm-hmm. So it's all about that. And then next time they come back, they tell me how they feel. So it's more, t- more of a 500 calories every day. I cut down 500. But the thing is, they're not going to know that mm-hmm. it's 500 is count, like cut it down from their diet. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it really works. It really works. But when it, does, it doesn't work, I ask them, what did you do? So they tell, sometimes they're not really honest. Mm-hmm. But like in half an hour of talking, they start telling, oh, yeah, I cheated this day. I cheated that day. So uh-huh. <laughs> I try to get more information. Yeah. And then... The That's what you thing. see a lot on Instagram and Facebook, hashtag cheat day when people are eating <laughs> exactly. things they know they, or maybe too much of them. They kind of, yeah. like, so I'm sure you, hopefully you follow your patients or your clients on Instagram, Instagram. and Facebook and you see things they're posting. I yeah. actually do. And the other thing is they send me pictures sometimes. Uh-huh. I had this. Sure. So I'm like, well, it's better that you were honest. At mm-hmm, least mm-hmm. you're telling me what you had, but tomorrow try to eat healthier or try to cut down one thing that I wrote it on your diet like as a snack if i wrote something on your snack just try not to have that mm-hmm. because you have cookies today right to make or up go for that. exercise mm-hmm. go work out 
So that's another thing. It's not that hard. It's a little bit tricky, mm-hmm. but I feel it's not that hard. And people yeah. are just making it like a big deal out of mm-hmm. it. And they say, oh, it's not working. It's not working. I don't know what to do. And I don't, when they say it's not working, they go through another thing, another like way of, okay, so because it's not working, I'm going to eat mm-hmm. whatever. Right. They give up. Now, speaking of the, it's not working and they go for another route. Another thing, you know, talking about fad diets, sometimes people have this idea mm-hmm. that there's some fad food yep. or ingredient or something that if they just have that, they're going to lose a lot of weight. And as far as I know, there really isn't anything no, like that, right? There's no magic mm-hmm. dust you can sprinkle on your food that makes it zero calories, right? <laughs> so I think, but that's something that people always are looking for that yeah. new thing. If you eat this, it, uh, at Persians say it a lot, and we'll just say, <laughs> say it in English, but like it's going to burn through the fat or cut exactly. the fat. So they have like a... a, a they shovel a bunch of rice yeah. into their mouth and kebab, but then they think if they put a little lemon juice <laughs> in their tea or something, now it's going to just like burn everything and it's going to just like yeah. get dissolved and then it's all good. But nothing exists like no. that, right? Yeah. They, sometimes, I don't know if you remember, that was like this vinegar thing was going on. If you drink vinegar in, in the morning, like before your breakfast, you're going to lose uh, this yeah, much yeah. weight mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. it's going to burn all the fat in your body or... Um, have a celery it was going on uh, for a long time that if you have celery in the morning that's going to burn all the fat Mm -hmm. no might help you to bring up increase your metabolism but it's not going to help you there's nothing like that that burns fat yeah except if there's like a medication that they're taking but yeah or like crystal meth or something (laughs) but like i think you know it's funny for me when people think they're going to eat something and then eat something on top of it Mm -hmm. that's going to somehow take away what they ate before that's a persian thing it's a persian thing it's a lot of magical thinking i think it's really funny like okay i ate all this bad stuff but now (laughs) if we have this also like they eat more somehow it's going to work so i guess we're sorry to break i know People might maybe think, okay, this dietitian's going to have the new the new secret ingredient to help them just magically lose weight, but it doesn't exist. Sorry, I don't have that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you don't because it just takes, uh, I guess, patience and hard work and yes. gradually you get, get there. But thank you for sharing that. So yeah. in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit more about certain nutrients, foods, vitamins, minerals that mm-hmm. our research is showing are important for mental health. So I hope you can share some of those with us to give people some take-homes of some things they maybe want to add to their diet Mm -hmm. to help improve their mental health. All right, I'm joined by dietitian Shima Fazali Manesh. We're talking about diet and mental health. You're listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Dalakwi. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Again, I'm joined by dietitian Shima Fazali Manesh, and we were um, going to talk now about some foods that people can incorporate into their diets that have been shown to be helpful for mental health. So mm-hmm. what can you tell us about that? What are the foods and maybe what are they helpful for that people can add to their diets or if they have it already, make sure they increase it? So, yeah, I'm sure everybody have um, heard about antioxidants. And sometimes they ask me, what is antioxidants? Mm -hmm. So it's more like vitamin A, vitamin um, E and C. They're all antioxidants. But what kind of foods? It's mostly about green leafy vegetables, Mm -hmm. fruits. And then sometimes the other thing is when you're choosing vegetables, you also have to make sure that it's not very starchy, like corn. Sometimes Mm -hmm. there is people that they come... Oh, I have, I had corn. 
like every single day they count the corn as the vegetable, mm-hmm. which is not the right thing to do because it's high in starch and sugar and um, it's not a good option. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's better to have avocados. Um, there's a lot of options out there. Avocados is my best thing that uh-huh. I always like every single day I have avocados mm-hmm. like Brussels sprouts broccoli cauliflowers all these like really um easy to mm-hmm. get everywhere you go you can get them broccoli parsley spinach beets everything yeah so we can get maybe you can tell us about the different why those things are good for us the different minerals and vitamins mm-hmm. that they have and in hearing you talk um and it relates to how we started the show saying that you know, we try to separate these things, physical health, mental health, yeah. diet, but they're all very related because it seems like everything you're talking about that's good for mental health is also good for physical health. Exactly. It's just good for your overall well-being. So it's not yeah. like, which is good and it makes sense, but it's not like, oh, there's this thing. If you eat it, it's good for your mental health, but it's really bad for your physical health. There's it's not like that. So yeah. that's kind of the good news is that these things, it's kind of like exercise, which we might touch on also if we have time. Um, where it's good for your physical health, mental health, it's not bad for anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good for all those things. So, what are some of the vitamins and minerals that play a big role in things like depression, anxiety, stress? That, that so it's vitamin C, E, okay. vitamin A, um, and also there is um, it's EPA and DHA that I'm I'm sure everybody's seen it. Omega three that I'm always talking about omega three, omega six fatty acids, which is in cold water fish like salmon, tuna. And then there was this really interesting study was saying that um, people who get like who eat fish once a week reduce their risk of Alzheimer's disease for 60 percent, which is like very big. So that was really interesting Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. it decreases the brain inflammation that what it was saying. And then so it helps. And also it helps, of course, with your physical health Mm -hmm. because it's omega three and it's a good like we call it good fat. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a good fat and a bad fat. So those all like there's another food um, foods that we say the white foods like sugar, um, flour, white rice, white bread. So it's better to really be like stay away from these and uh-huh. instead have brown rice, have like whole grain bread or like brown brown flour. Mm-hmm. And if you're really still craving those, yeah, just have it a little. It's not something that you cannot have it, but it's better if you really want to be like in a physical health. It's better to have those, like substitute mm-hmm, those mm-hmm. instead. Yeah. So you mentioned some of those vitamins that are um, important. And then, so you're talking about the foods. Can you maybe say what foods have those things? Like, yeah. for example, you mentioned vitamin B. How B. can people get that? So it's um, so an excellent source of vitamin B, B6 especially, is bell peppers, the turnip grains, the spinach. We call it dark green leafy vegetables. So mm-hmm. whatever is like darker, they're more in vitamin B6. And then the sources of vitamin B12, it's very tricky because there's like people that they are vegetarian mm-hmm. that they cannot take. They don't eat a lot of like, they don't eat at all the animal protein. Mm-hmm. So and vitamin B12 is in animal protein, is in mm-hmm. liver, like salmon and grass-fed beef then how they can substitute, they have to take supplements, B12 oh, okay. and folate for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. So that's also tricky too. So mm-hmm. when, if, if you want to be a vegetarian, you have to be like very careful with deficiencies. I see. Interesting. You mentioned with the omega-3 and 6, you said the cold water fish, you said like yeah, salmon, salmon, tuna. tuna. Um, and then 
What about for vitamin C? What would you recommend? Um, vitamin C is the easiest part, I guess. Uh-huh. So people know it's like strawberries, kiwis, Brussels sprouts, tomatoes, oranges, um, lemon, cauliflowers. So it's the easiest part that I guess like everybody know like what is why sure. high in vitamin C. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you also mentioned vitamin E. E, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's more, I guess it's more like in our in our Persian culture and in our diet, there's a lot of like seeds and nuts and mm-hmm. peanuts, almonds, hazelnut, walnuts, olives. So it's really interesting because um, when I say like tell people, okay, you can have nuts, like mm-hmm. have like walnuts or almonds. And then there was one time I was talking about it and teaching um, this class about nutrition. And then I was saying that, yeah, it's really good to have nuts and then only handful. Mm-hmm. But one person turned and then she took off this whole bag of walnuts and almonds with um, with M&Ms inside of it and then uh, chocolate and everything inside of it. And she said, can I have this whole bag? And I, I was like, oh, my God, no. Just if you really want to have that, just have a handful mm-hmm. or just like count like five to six halves or like five, to seven, like seven almonds. Mm-hmm. So you need to count like handful is Almost seven to eight almonds. Uh, I'm sure it's a big part of um, what you do with your... It's not just about what you eat, but of course, it's portions, how Portion much sizes. you eat. And yeah, nuts, I know, can be very healthy. They have a lot of good things in them, but they're also very high in fat and calories. Yes. And so you can't have too much too of much. them either, mm-hmm. but it's like a lot of things. Okay, so that gives people some ideas. And again, it's a, a lot of the things that we know are good for us. The leafy green vegetables, berries yeah. are are good. Um, you, you know, you said lemon, ginger, yeah. lots of those kinds of, of things that can help us. But interestingly, they help with our, our mental health too. We just mm-hmm. think of them. Usually I think people think, oh, that's good for me physically. That'll make me quote unquote healthier. But when we say healthier, we should include mental health. So it's physical and mental health. Yeah, These things are, are good for you. And I think what's important is you have to eat every day, but you can make your food things that are going to make you healthier, or it could be things that make you less healthier, more unhealthy. And so those choices are important. And again, they're not going to be these huge quick fixes. So I don't want to, if people think, uh, I've also heard saffron is something that Persians yeah. love to talk about that mm-hmm. it makes you, you know, happier. It helps with depression. Yeah. I've, I've seen studies like that, but it doesn't mean that if you go to a Persian restaurant and have a few spoonfuls of rice with saffron on it, you're going to be happy all of a sudden if you are super depressed. So none of these foods are going to just make you happy. We're talking about long-term mental and, of course, physical health, that they have positive effects. But they definitely do. The research is showing that has an effect. There is one more magical thing that Uh works for me. (laughs) (laughs) For when I'm just very down and stressed, um, I add a little bit of rose water in my water. Uh And I learned that from my client. It was really interesting. And she said, do you want to just try this? And I tried. It really, like, soothes. It really helps. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we love rose water in, like, Persian diet has a yeah, lot of rose water. It does. And sweets and everything. So sometimes even if you crave something, you can just, like, add rose water in your water. Okay. That can so be a little relaxing. Or you've also mentioned, like, chamomile tea. Some kinds yeah, of teas can be lavender. relaxing. Lavender. Yeah. So there are things that can be, that relaxing effect can happen faster. But I think especially for things like depression. Yeah. If it's working too fast, it's actually probably not good for you. It's mm-hmm. like something that's not not that healthy. Now, in the last few minutes, we have, um, you know, another big part of when we look at just mental health, something that helps is, is fitness or exercise. Yes. And that can be very, very important. So what can you tell us about that? 
So exercising is also really tricky because mm-hmm. there is a lot of like, for, for example, especially right now um, on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere you see that people working out and then they all do like these crazy moves and mm-hmm. they are like in shape. But that's for people who were working out like for a long time, for mm-hmm. like 10 years that mm-hmm. That person is working out and sometimes they come to me they say oh i cannot do that like well of course you like yeah but come on you have to be patient like you are gonna do it if you really want to do it but you're not gonna do it right away mm-hmm. so it's better to like really start very slow with the exercising for example you can just like start 15 minutes of stretching at home or just try to go outside walk for half an hour if it's too much, do 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then next day, do 30 minutes of walking. Or if you have dog at home, just go for a walk with your dog. Mm-hmm. Or just like, that's what I do sometimes. I put music on and just go and walk. Mm-hmm. And that really helps. And then the set, there's gonna, you, then you can go to the second level. Right. And I think that's important to keep in mind because when you tell people, okay, start exercising, they mm-hmm. think two hours a day at the gym or something crazy, oh, yeah. intense, and, oh, I, I don't have time for that. So they just don't do it at all. Yeah. But like you said, even 15 minutes a day of walking can be a great start yeah. and actually has positive effects. And for people who are severely depressed, again, that same thing. If you tell them to start exercising, they think they have to go to the gym for two hours, they'll never go. Oh, but if you just say walk for five minutes, for someone who's not moving at all, that can be very good for their, yeah, it has physical benefits, but it also mentally emotionally Mm -hmm. can be very helpful and research has even found that exercise can be as effective as antidepressants in treating depression so it's that important so again i want to stress we try to differentiate things and think okay well if it's mental health it has to be therapy and medication or something like that but no diet and exercise can play a huge role Mm -hmm. and exercise can be as important as um medication for depression so we don't want to underestimate that so even if you're like you said starting small that could be very meaningful just starting with stretching walking whatever you can do but just do something yeah and then as you're saying you can move, move up to next level should be you can just like do yoga mm-hmm. you can go for like really really light jogging because there are people that they go they start with like as you said they go exercising and they get injured because mm-hmm they go really fast like what did you do and they say oh i started like running for 60 minutes on treadmill like the first the very first day mm-hmm. so you have to be very careful yeah. with that too and yeah then- yeah easing into it is very important and just because we're almost out of time i yeah. know you also mentioned and i've talked about this before the importance of having like an exercise buddy or working out yeah with someone. of course we mm-hmm. always have that one friend that always very healthy and working out every single day or like five times a they, they, you can just like call them, mm-hmm. hey, can I join you next time when you're going workout? And I'm sure they're going to say, yeah. And you don't have to compare yourself with, like with them. Mm-hmm. Instead of comparing yourself, it's better to just like try to um, just encourage yourself that you're going to work out with them and you're going to feel way better than the f- way that you're feeling mm-hmm. at home and sitting, sitting out there. Yeah, and I think the, the research shows that one, it makes you more likely to stick to working out if you mm-hmm. have an exercise buddy, but also it has the benefits of being social too. Yes. So especially with something like depression where it makes you withdraw and makes you um, not want to be around people, mm-hmm. which we know we need the social. Exercising with someone could be great. And again, it doesn't have to be something extreme. Even going for a walk with a friend can be really good. You walk and you talk and it just feels good in a lot of different ways so again it's encouraging you just to take some literally steps in the right direction or even if you take any classes you're gonna like find people that 
who are at the same level as you are mm -hmm. and then you can like be friends with them and then take that class every single time together yeah so they don't have to be like a really like good friend of you or yours right you can just like yeah sure you can make friends, friends where you go yeah. to exactly and um but as you also said what's important just like we're talking about the diet and not wanting to lose all the weight in one yeah. week or one month is recognizing that with exercise is the same way you're going to build you have to be patient mm -hmm. your body gets stronger and if you actually push it too much you might injure yourself to the point where then you can't work out for a long time yeah do something so you want to be aware of taking those steps in the right direction and you know and just in wrapping up it seems like overall that's your approach is that helping people start making small changes but being consistent with yes. them and then starting to see the progress over time with those small changes which i think which i think is great so if you're in the la area and you'd like to um, speak with Shima about diet and, and exercise, but I know your focus mm -hmm. now is even yeah. more on diet. Uh, as I mentioned before, you can uh, contact her, and I'm going to put her number on my social media sites um, tomorrow when I post our picture, but you can contact her at, let me find the number there, 214-771-2927 or shima.fazalimanish at gmail.com. Um, Shima, thank you for joining thank me tonight. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, thank you to Amir here in the studio and everyone listening out there. You've been listening to In Session with Dr. Fadi Dulakwi. Have a wonderful night.